Hello and welcome to the Life Together podcast, where we share in meaningful conversation about living for Christ and loving one another. Thanks for joining today, and we hope you enjoy this episode. Today I'm here with Roy Mason, who recently preached for us here at Lost River. So Roy, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. <laughs> I'm, I'm really glad that uh, we can do this today. And I said this before the lesson, but um, I really truly believe that you're one of the most passionate followers of Jesus that I've known. And throughout our friendship, I've seen your heart for evangelism, for sharing the gospel, for reaching the lost. And I want to start by asking, where does that passion for evangelism come from? Is it just like something that's just like naturally a part of just your DNA? It's like how you've always been. Is it something that you became convicted by at some point or were there different like mentors that influenced it? Like where did this passion come from for you? Right. The first place in my mind goes is definitely normally conviction. I feel like conviction tends to be the strongest thing. Uh, I was sharing with the teens last night that I had a memory all the way back from like middle school where I realized what evangelism is probably like one of the first places I realized what evangelism looks like in my life or anybody's life and that it's not as complicated as I thought it would be. I was on the bus hearing other people who had some type of belief in God talking about um, kind of the 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 sectioning off of God that they were doing. I don't know how else to describe it Hmm. besides them saying that they loved God, but there are certain parts of them that they almost just didn't accept. Like, okay, we love these parts of God, but this, I don't know how I feel about that, but I love God. And even in that situation, I knew there was some wisdom in the age of, like even at that young age in middle school, I could turn around and say, hey, have you guys even just considered this uh, to change their, their thinking? And so even... From that point on, I always looked back at that situation, kind of thought like, what if I had just said something? There's, I could. There's so many things I could have said, but like one small seed, mm-hmm. there's one thing I could have planted that would have helped everybody and myself in that that same situation. Um, back being a, a college student at FC, um, I think one form of evangelism for me, I don't even know if conviction is the right word to use there. I, I saw, I had a friend who was passionate about studying with Latter-day Saints and he gave me that invitation to join him in terms of doing that. And so um, that was just something that I had never had the opportunity to do, and it was really excited to experience that. Um, and so getting to sit down with people and see what their experience is like, see, like, definitely learn about someone else's different perspective when it comes to religion and things like that mm-hmm. um, was very eye-opening for me. And I think kind of put my foot in the door of having converse, just conversations with people, um, especially people that I didn't necessarily agree with. Um, in that same time frame, that's when me and you got to go to Jamaica and do mm-hmm. mission work there. And that one is similar but different, but definitely opening our eyes in terms of putting ourselves in a new situation and seeing how Christians in another part of the world experience things and what their life yeah. was like, what their worship experience was like. Um, and that that's a huge one, learning different about different cultures and being in different situations to almost like literally from a different standing point to look at God and mm-hmm. have a new understanding of God in that way. Um, 
was kind of similar in terms of ha- talking to other people in that sense. But um, then more recently, I've been preaching up in uh, Racine, Wisconsin, right outside of Milwaukee. Um, our congregation, Spring Street, was approaching the subject of outreach. And even as I was there teaching on the subject of outreach, I was convicted in the sense of realizing that I wasn't doing a lot of outreach myself. So again, I found myself being driven uh, by this this feeling of, again, conviction. This is something that I need to be doing and I'm not doing it. Um, so a- as of recent, my endeavors in terms of evangelism have been from a place of Again, gratitude. I know what God has done for me. I need to be mm-hmm. telling other people about it, sharing it with other people, and um, not letting the the fact that I may be green in this area stop me. It really yeah. is just getting out there and, and figuring it out. Um, I think everybody has that experience for themselves. That's um, it's it's been a lot of things, but I, I feel like the one I always do come back to is conviction and mm-hmm. and being reminded like this is something I need to be doing. So. Yeah, yeah. Well, and it's cool that you've had people and influences in your life who have reminded you of that, right? Yes. We need kind of that constant prodding, that constant reminder. And um, and, and maybe not even necessarily um, specific like mentors, but situations that you've been in. I, I think it's interesting that you recall all the way back to you were in what year of high school when you remember that conversation with your friends um, about your uh, their different beliefs about God. Oh, and feeling convicted about right. that. That was, that was all the way back in middle school. Okay, so all the way back in yeah. middle school, like yeah. already, right? There's that formation that's taking place. And that's also, and that's like exciting, I think, for young people to see that like I, you're not, um, it's not like you reach a certain point in, I don't know, your 30s or 40s, and now you know enough uh, to evangelize, to share the gospel. It's like you're being formed all the way from, you know, the earliest years of your life. And maybe it doesn't, maybe evangelism doesn't necessarily look like an in-depth theological, intellectual opening up of the scriptures for like a typical Bible study, but maybe it looks exactly like what you're saying about like just an interjection of of truth in a loving, uh, compassionate way. And I I remember... Um, kind of going back, I, I, I don't remember as much in like middle school, but I have a somewhat of a similar experience in high school where, and I've shared this with some people at Lost River, but, but my, uh, my, I'll make this somewhat brief, but my best friend in, in high school, um, was a guy named Wyndon Carlisle and he, uh, did, he didn't grow up with a father and that just led to some like challenging, you know, situations in his life growing up. And in junior high was when we met and really became friends. And then throughout high school, uh, was when our friendship really grew deeper roots. And of course, like even as a junior high kid in the back of my mind, I'm thinking like, I want Wyndon to be saved. I want him to be a part of God's church and his people but I, I never really thought of it as like sitting down and, and having a Bible study with him or anything like that. But over time, what happened was he just became like a part of our family, um, quite literally. Like he was just over all the time for dinner and came to church with us every now and then. And anyway, eventually, uh, by the time that we graduated, he had still not 
come to Christ. But when I came back from FC my freshman year, we had a conversation till like two in the morning, not even so much about like again, it wasn't really a Bible study. It was a, it was actually the co- the whole conversation was about God's love, right? And at two in the morning, he just or close to two in the morning, he he just all of a sudden he was like, Jarrett, I I know what I need to do, hmm. and I was like, what? What are you talking about? Like, do you, do you need me to get you something? And he was like, <laughs> like I want to be baptized. I was like, dude, all right, like yeah, that's but but it's interesting again, like that that starts all the way back in junior high when this friendship was formed. And so it's interesting to me to, to hear you to hear you talk about how that started back in junior high and all these different experiences shape and form our understanding of evangelism and, and how we practice that. Um, so yeah, that's, that's, that's really cool. And I, I also, I want to zoom in a little bit on the Jamaica trip. Right. Because it sounds like for both of us, that was a really formative experience. So let's just kind of like walk through that. Um, uh, I, and I, I, don't, I don't know how much time I want to like devote to it. I feel like we could do episodes <laughs> <all> on, <laughs> on Jamaica. Um, but, you know, there was a group of what? It was about 10 to 12 of us yeah, went over there um, in a you know, going all through Jamaica, both in Mo Bay, you know, kind of the city area, and then kind of the country area of Jamaica and Cave. Right. It just going all over the place in this, you know, 12 passenger bus, like just packed in. And uh, so many things could be said uh, about the trip. I mean, like the, the van rides themselves were just like amazing and, yeah. and so spiritually uplifting. Like the we would just like sing hymns, like, a lo- for a lot of the way yeah. as we were driving around like it's just like such a cool atmosphere um but but specifically um i don't know i i guess just what were some of what were we went there twice so like back back to back years in the winter for a week and i know that we were talking about this how these the two years kind of blend together and it's hard to like yeah. keep them straight like separate what happened when <laughs> yeah but in in the first trip like what were some of the things that you remember from that or maybe that you remember when that trip ended the experiences that were just s- sticking with you so much and the the kind of things that when you got home you were like mom dad sister whoever like oh you i i, I got to tell you about this like do you remember any of those like sticking points for you yes i think it was something that miss shannon actually pointed out to me and it's something i never forgot again it's in that area of us saying that you're going to somewhere else and you're changing your perspective it was, it was very easy to see when we got there um, something that actually surprised me is that normally i think when people think of jamaica they think of it as this vacation place and there's mm-hmm. a bunch of resorts and it's really nice and the place that we went were definitely not like resorts, right? It it was easy to see that the lives that we lived were much more privileged than the lives that at least the Jamaican Christians that we were engaging with lived. Yeah, yeah, um, which was really kind of one of the main reasons why we went. It right. was it was kind of like a, a largely a manual labor trip to help with, especially the women there, because there's a lot of single mothers, right. and so I we we went there and did a lot of like maintenance work and. I remember one of the things that we did was there was a, a woman who 
they they literally did not have a roof over right. their heads. They had like a concrete infrastructure walled in area that right. they thought of as their home, but they 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 didn't have a roof. And so yeah, I remember like that really stuck out to me. Like and and I, I had so much joy there. And it was like anytime you didn't have a hammer in your hand or something, there was a little kid in your arms. Right. It was like constantly <laughs> like but but I remember like it just hit me all of a sudden as I was holding one of those kids. Like, okay, this is an awesome experience for me. Like, this is what they live in. Mm-hmm. And I've told so many people, like, those are the happiest, most joyful Christians I have ever met. Right. Um, so, yeah, so that that really stood out to me. But That, that yeah. was the exact same place I was going, right? Because in my mind, I was saying other people, like, if you're not going to Jamaica for a mission trip, people probably never see this side of Jamaica. Right. And so they don't have that realization that this is, again, someone yeah. else's life and this yeah. is real. Um, and, and it's crazy that that's only like 10 minutes from all the it's resorts. It's right there. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's <laughs> it's like in started. their backyard. Yeah. If you look closely enough, you would probably see the slums from your hotel. Right. We st- kind of started in probably a, a more wealthier area and yeah. moved to one that yeah. was not. Touristy. But yeah. that was the thing I probably shared with my parents. I came back and talked to some of the congregations that supported me about the trip. And that was the thing that I reminded them that was pointed out to me at first, actually, is that even though, and I, I don't think they were like oblivious to or ignorant of the situation that they lived in, they never complained. They were very content with what they had and their and with their lives. Um, and I don't know if, I don't know if, I think that was definitely something that they were talented in or just a gift that they had that I, I probably don't. I don't think it's myself as someone who's hard to please, but I definitely could be more of a content person. Yeah. But I mean, Same. it was from that change of perspective that, mm-hmm. you know, you know, we were there helping out the Jamaican Christians, but they were definitely teaching us a lot. Oh yeah, so. yeah, yeah. I remember um, one of one of the nights there, there was, um, and I, I, I hate that I've forgotten so many of the names. It's been like five years now, right? And so wow. I hate that I don't remember all the names, but um, I remember one of the first nights we were there. There was a man who had like just within like the past year been baptized. Um, and it was like a he and all his household type scenario. I mean, it was yes. like straight out of Acts. You right. know, it was just like awesome, awesome story. And he had just like fully devoted himself to studying God's word. Like he was just on fire. And um, so much so that like he would work all day, come home. I, I think I remember it was like eight at night. Um, and he would he would eat dinner real quick and then just study just like dive into God's word, which is huge in a area where there are not spiritual leaders uh, in large number right. and especially older male spiritual leaders. Um, and he just poured himself into the word. And, and when we, they, they had all of us over for pizza and uh, all of a sudden after we finished, he just, he just stood up and started into this amazing like devotion starting in Genesis and then just like wove through the Bible story all the way to Revelation and it probably took i don't know 10 or 15 minutes as but he told it with so much like passion and uh vigor like he was just yeah. so fired up about it and then immediately after that was done we broke out into the Jamaican hymns that right. they sang 
and write no songbooks just off the top of their head and and then all of us from yeah. the states are just doing our best to like you know uh follow along and and um and that that stood out to me so much i was like am i that am i that devoted right you know i i just like i felt like i learned so much from that instance and then thereafter um i remember we we sang the song this is actually a familiar one that like to to people here too um, but the, I, I want to see mm-hmm. song and I'm not going to sing it. I'll spare everyone from singing <laughs> it, but like we named every person in that room, right? Like, it was probably 30 plus people. Mm-hmm. And we went through that song and named every person in that room. I want to see Roy there. I want to see Shannon there. I want to see whoever there, praise the Lord. Mm-hmm. You know, when the gates all open wide, I want to sit at Jesus side. I want to see Roy there, praise the Lord. And we went through and named every single person. And oh, that was just such such an amazing experience. So I've oh, I just learned so much from from all of them. Yeah. yeah. Man. Yeah. So I think we've already touched on it, but this aspect of evangelism maybe not looking in the way we first picture it to be. And I think that's a that is a huge reminder of that. But as we were talking, I turned to John chapter one. I mm. hope I'm not stepping on any toes by bringing this up, but it's this aspect of how Jesus at times evangelizes. Um, I, I don't know. Sometimes I think of it as a debate in terms of winning people over, but I don't, I don't know if that's necessarily what we see from Jesus when he first interacts with his disciples and when his disciples interact with each other. Um, what he tells them is not like some big extravagant that he says essentially just come and see. Come and experience it for yourself. Mm. And from, seems like when Philip comes to Nathaniel, the same thing happens there. Yeah. Once he's he's experienced it himself, right. now he's going to someone else, and he says, "For you to have a real understanding of this, you really just need to to come and see yourself." Right. And so I I feel like even in this moment, as we're describing Jamaica, we're like, "How can you encompass that experience mm. in like so, only so many words?" And essentially, like with the conversations and interactions we're having with other people it ends up being in this place of it's, it's very much so in how you're living. And this Mm. man we're talking about from Jamaica, what he was pouring out was just what he'd been learning, how he was like really living. So your life um, more than even necessarily like your knowledge, uh, I feel like is a big aspect in terms of evangelism. And you just pour that out and share that to someone else. And you can only share your testimony, your experience so much. And you're just trying to encourage a person to come and experience it for themselves, like amass that and gain that. Um, for yourself come and come and see yeah um yeah well that that's so simple right sometimes i think our approach to evangelism can we just overcomplicate it and and maybe the word itself is kind of what intimidates us like we equate the word evangelism with bible study and it's maybe hard to separate this from our mind right. not not that it should be separated from god's word by any means yeah but that it, it, it is that simple and i think that is um, I think that helps me get to kind of the the bottom line of of that experience in Jamaica, how simple evangelism can be. Not so much that we even came over as exactly evangelists. Right. We witnessed how they were doing evangelism. Right. Without social media, without the fancy stuff, without the, you know, uh, comfy pews and all of that. Like, it was just so simple. It was like passionate people who were on fire for God and 
their fire spread to other people. Right. It was just like, and, and it was that, come and see, come check this out. Right. And I remember the second year back, one of those churches in particular had had grown quite a bit. Um, so yeah, that was yeah. that was incredible to see. That passion for Jesus is contagious. You just got to let it out. Yeah. You got to have it yourself and you got to let it out. Yeah. So uh, just like you're saying, of when we were sitting there and you're like, this is straight out of Acts. That, that reminds me, the specific context of even Jesus telling these people, like, come and see, it's John's disciples coming to him. Mm. And they ask him where he's staying. And he says, then come and see. So in that mm. same sense, we're in this man's home. And this yeah. would have been how he did things in his home. And that's what we were getting to experience yeah. and understanding that, like, it's not just, I think when I first say to a Christian, like, think about the aspect of talking to someone and saying, come and see. I think my mind first goes to, like, go to worship with me and come experience, like, the church, mm. which I think is a big aspect of that. But more specifically, what Jesus is is saying here and what he, we experienced uh, in Jamaica, it's it's come and see, like, my home how I yes. live and how my family as a nuclear family is being used as like a tool by God. Yeah. Um, that being a form of evangelism. That's really yeah. cool. It's very intimate as well, even yes. more intimate. In that yes. Sense. Yeah. And it's, it's just, it's just loving people. Yes. Um, and I like, I like how you put that, like a God using this nuclear family as a tool for furthering the borders of his kingdom. And, even just some of the language we we use can sound again so intense and so overcomplicated, you know. Um, uh, and I think it's good for us to 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 use some of these words. Like I think evangelism is a beautiful word. Like being a good news bringer, um, an evangelist. Like that's that's awesome. Or, or I guess even more spe- specifically, it would be like a good newser. You're right. a good newser. A good newser. Um, but how, like, I, I've thought about that um, a, a lot in terms of, okay, what is what does evangelism look like in a modern context? And, um, you know, just imagining a scenario, like, what if instead of asking your coworker, do you want to have a Bible study with me? What if instead it was, hey, do you want to come to my house on Friday night to have dinner with my family? And it just so happens that your family either perhaps maybe maybe you have like after dinner, you always have a Bible study together, or maybe it's not even a planned thing. It's just that you're the kind of family that is so passionate about Jesus that you he just comes up. And right. that's how it was for me growing up. We never had like an official Bible study time. But every meal, like the conversation somehow ended up on spiritual things, on Jesus. And it's like, what if what if instead of asking about the Bible study, you just had them over and you happen to be the kind of family that just talks about Jesus, what impact would that make on them? And then, you know, not not in a, uh, to use this phrase carefully, not, not that you're being a Jesus freak in, in in the way that some people would think of that. Mm-hmm. But um but people, I don't know, just people coming around the table with your family, they recognize that there's there's something different and just sharing your life with them. That's what happened with my friend Wyndon, right? He just right. came, right. was a part of our family, was so deeply loved by all of us that over time and heard so many conversations about Jesus that over time, uh it impacted him to the point that he was like, I I want to give my whole life to to this. And recently 
we've had someone here at Lost River. I won't, I guess, mention the name because maybe that's a story for them to share. But of that same exact scenario, just was so loved by so many people here and invited into a space of like just so warm and welcoming and hospitable that over time that that grew and had a deeper impact uh, on her and until she gave her life to Christ. And it's just, it's just awesome how, and I remember thinking with everybody who was involved in that, how, how simple that was. It was like, I don't know if anyone involved was like, Hey, we need to, let's have an intense Bible study and make sure you check all the right boxes (laughs) before you even think, you know, it was just like, let's just, we didn't even think about it. It was just love, like just pour love into this person's life, not in any, not turning someone into a project, but just loving them like Christ loved and inviting them into that space. And yeah, yeah. So I, I totally, I, I totally agree with that, that approach. I think it's so powerful and it's, I think much closer to what we see from Jesus and from the book of Acts and the New Testament. Right. Yeah. It's, um, I, I was trying to bring this out with the teens last night and I didn't know if I did a good enough job of it in terms of just emphasizing in evangelism, how much a relationship needs to be there and how much that's gained there. Even in terms of our introduction to people in Jamaica, it was really the gates or the doors are open to of the gates are open to us of that from the relationship that other people already had. Like, you know, Shannon Stenson, she had such a close relationship with these people already that it was easier for us to gain, get to know these people. And it's, it's just like, seemed like a connection of relationships there. Yeah. But in, you know, the heart of what builds a relationship really is just communication, right? And so that it's really having these discussions and having these conversations and wanting to create those relationships that like grow more and more. And so really when you're telling a person to come and see and like invite them into their home, your home and experiencing these things, you're trying to get them to see you, to know more about you, but really see the relationship that you have with God in terms of your own life is really, it's really deep. It's really intimate. And again, yeah. that there's that love there. Like that, I don't know how else it, it always is going to be communicated that I want you to be a part of all of this, right? Uh, yeah. God loves me, so I love you. Like you, you're really pulling someone into something like yeah. really deep. Like, I yeah. want you to be a part of this. Yeah, yeah. Um, very personal, as opposed to impersonal. Yeah, that process. Yeah, and so that's so powerful and meaningful in a world that I think is desperately searching for belonging, for identity, with a some community of people, and. Yeah, I, I think I think that I think that's so powerful. Mm. Um, and I I can't I can't move on from Jamaica without uh, at, at least mentioning Maxwell. Yes, um, oh, he's he's the evangelist in Mo Bay, and I don't I don't think I've ever met anyone who has given more of himself away physically, materially, financially, right. in in ev- every way, just spent himself to reach that city. And he's had such a profound impact in that community and especially in that church. And if there's one person from that trip that made 
the most significant impact on me and even my decision to think about preaching and go right. into ministry it was it was maxwell right. just su- such a inspiring person who i learned so much from in the two weeks that we got to spend there yeah a big thing we learned from the jamaicans is their devotion like you're saying about that man in his in his home maxwell was immediately someone who came to my mind as well in the sense that he he was like i think his job i think he drove a cab right yeah and yeah. a lot of his funds went directly to the the church. It was it was insane yeah. the number of yeah. how much he yeah. had given. Yeah. So he so all of that went to the church and he used that sort of like busing business for evangelism. Right. It's like while I'm taking people around, I'm gonna talk to them. And I've heard people here in the States do stuff like that with Uber. Like yeah. they'll become an Uber driver just to talk with people about the gospel. Like, you know, in in, in however that conversation gets brought up and maybe we think of that as an odd thing but um you know it's like there's all kinds of ways to say come and see right come and see can take on any number of forms and what you're asking people to come and see while it's ultimately Christ that can be any number of things but that was just one way of him spending himself using almost all like you said all the uh money that he he made from this business almost all going to the church and then using that business to spread god's word right just an amazing every amazing aspect example. of his life was a tool yeah yeah well i, I want to uh I, I i thought the lesson was just like awesome yesterday um and i know people will probably be listening to this uh podcast several weeks later um but the the why of evangelism I thought was so powerful, um, right? Obedience with this great commission, this invitation that we get to participate in the greatest news ever to be shared, and what what an awesome opportunity that is. Compassion, and it sounds like a lot of our conversation has kind of revolved around that, just loving people, moving toward them in compassion, and then gratitude. Right. And I especially loved your point about David, right? His experience of God's salvation is so deeply felt that it just like bursts out in praise. And I think there's something so meaningful in that, that the deeper rooted we are in God's grace, the wider our branches of evangelism become and the more fruit that that bears. Um, and even as I'm saying that, I'm realizing, I know so much of our conversation has focused now on Jamaica, but that's exactly what was going on there. People who were so deeply rooted in experientially feeling God's grace just showered over them that their branches naturally just grow out in evangelism and in and in good works. And so, I mean, with everything in life, perhaps the most important part of evangelism is the why, the motivation, the the impetus for what we do. Um, but I also wanted to ask you, as we've as we've talked some of, uh, about this, um, what are some other ways that this I don't know takes on flesh, right? What is what does this look like? Um, we talked about this idea of come and see. Let's just get really practical with that idea. Um, uh, what, what does it look like to 
tell others, come and see kind of in our modern context today? For one, I, again, talking about coming from this place of conviction, maybe even someone hearing this may feel like maybe my life isn't in the place that it needs to be yet to comfortably tell somebody to mm. come and see. But again, it's, I, I keep hearing the, the whole Bible story as we talk about this. God comes and he's trying to invite people into his family. And then furthermore, we're trying to invite people into our family. So that's kind of where I started out. Um, or at least where I felt like I was recently is I felt like I had some growing to do, but my evangelism evangelism really took on this form of asking people to grow with me. Mm. Um, oftentimes I'm um, going to a coffee shop and trying to be disciplined about being in the Word and disciplined about reading my Bible, trying to get that Word known or get that uh, that invitation out so people can join me in terms of doing that to say, hey, let's grow together. That's kind of where those points about David came from was me saying, I don't appreciate the Psalms enough, and I'm going to read the Psalms more. And then um, using apps to get out where I'm going to be and when I'm going to be reading to say, hey, let's check out the Psalms together. I don't know this well yeah. enough. Maybe you don't know this well enough. Let's learn this um, yeah. together. Well, which, by the way, what it, what is the app that you use? Some people might be interested in. Right, yes. So I, to the suggestion of some of my friends, use the, the Meetup app. Meetup, okay. Um, it does cost a little bit of money to do that, but that is... And I guess that still touches on that subject of how we evangelize and what that looks like. The Meetup app is an app that people use to look for, actively look for social events happening in their community. So it's on that app that I had actually two groups going, one that was called um, like Open Conversations Over Coffee or whatever. And I was saying, hey, anybody that wants to come out and just talk please do. It can be about anything. I yeah. prefer it to be about the Bible, about oh, God and maybe, but it could be about hmm. anything if you just want to talk. Uh, that's why I was telling the teens, yeah. I'm nowadays just looking for people who are willing to have a discussion mm. about things. Um, and I fell off of it. And so when we came back to the subject of outreach at Spring Street, I was convicted in the sense of I started this and kind of just left it alone. I need to get back into this. So I got a second group to kind of have two, two fishing lines out there. But the other one was just called Bible reading. I was, um, it was a suggestion of, of some friends that the, one of the best ways to read with people is put it out there as only a Bible reading and nothing more because there are some people who are curious about the Bible, but they're more intimidated by a Bible study or maybe going mm -hmm. to a congregation or a worship service, but they just want to know what the Bible says. Mm -hmm. um, and so in that same sense, um, what does that look like? In my own experience, it's been a sense of Asking people to grow with me, um, maybe I don't know if I'm where I need to be, but I'm trying to get there actively, and I want you to join me in that journey. And then on the other hand, realizing that there are other people out there that are curious and trying to find the, the way to put as many feelers out to give them that invitation or give them that opportunity. Um, it's, it's actually interesting. On that app, people are able to join the group and then they're able to tell you if they're going to go to the event. So mm -hmm. I've made several events, but not that doesn't necessarily mean everybody has gone to them, but I know they see them. And honestly, there's been one woman who consistently comes out to things, but I am getting more and more people that still join the group. And coming into this new year, there's one lady who messaged me and she mm -hmm. said, I know I haven't been yet, but I see like these invitations that you're sending out. And one of these days I'm going to be there. And that was just very eye-opening to me in the sense of I'm, I'm trying to read my Bible more and be more disciplined. I'm not a morning person, but I'm fighting to be in terms of waking <laughs> up in the morning and going to this coffee shop. And so 
in the same sense that I'm trying to grow and get better, someone else is out there and they're doing that as well. And they may not even be where I am in terms of actually getting up and going there in the morning, but they're trying to be. Um, And so there's that that hope in terms of there's other people out there, whether I don't like whether I feel like it is or not or whether I see it or not. There are other people out there trying looking for that. And so those two main things I felt felt like in terms of how does this look? How does that manifest is Mm -hmm. one um, just you recognize that your spiritual walk is a journey of growth and you're trying to get someone else a part of that. You're trying to welcome them into that, again, that relationship. And then the other aspect is that I'm trying to work on is trying to find more ways of letting people see that. Um, It really is a lot like fishing, like putting more lines Mm -hmm. in the water or trying to cast more of a net into the water, Mm -hmm. trying to find different ways of communicating, again, communication, communicating to people what I'm doing and where I'm going to be and what I'm trying to have them be a part of. Yeah. Um, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, that that does, right? I mean, I'll make you fishers of men, right? That's exactly right. what Jesus says. Right. And I, I love how you put that, this idea of, uh, <laughs> to, to use our, our theme for the year, it's just asking people to grow together. Grow together. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, that's what it is. And that, that's such, that's such a, a awesome a, approach to that, that I think is so disarming and welcoming and inviting and unassuming. Um, and loving. And as far as like practical things, I know of another, I know of a group, a a, a church that I think it was just for one month and it was a smaller congregation. This might be hard to do at um, Lost River, but they arranged to have gift cards to like a local coffee shop to all of their members. And it was like you, it was like $10. Like you have to, to, maybe it was five, but you have to, would that even get, would that gets like one drink at Starbucks? Maybe it was 10, I don't know. But it was like, you, you have to use this this month to invite someone, maybe it's someone you know, maybe someone you don't know, to come and just have coffee with you and share their story. Right. It's so like, that's a really cool concept. I don't know the results of that, but that if nothing else, that at least like gets that motivation for, for people and who knows what kind of seeds were planted from that. And, and maybe, maybe it doesn't look like that at Lost River or other places, but maybe it looks like families saying, yeah, I want to, I, I want to take more of an initiative on this. Like I see, I'm not, I'm, I'm convicted by it, not just because I feel like God uh, is looking down on me because right. I've, I don't know, I haven't been doing a good job or something, but because he wants me to participate in this. Right. He wants me to share in the furthering of his kingdom and his glory and manifesting that into the world. And as I see that, I want my family to be a part of this. And so maybe it's saying, okay, here's here's the budget for the month. And this money is only being used to have non-Christians over. Like something right. like that, right. you know, um, and, and, and again, everybody I think is going to um, experience that come and see in a different way. You know, it may look like someone r- just randomly from the community using the meetup app and showing up for coffee. Maybe it's someone at the grocery store who looks like they're having a bad day and you say, hey, you might, I, 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 <laughs> you might be having a bad day, like, like, but tomorrow night, um, a, a group of my friends are going to be having a dinner. Would love for you to come, uh, or um, maybe for uh, say like a, a stay-at-home mom or something. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's 
maybe there's it's it's more difficult to say get out in the community and find those people and reach the lost but maybe they're the ones who are like but I can I can make a, a I can make some mean soup, you know, right. like I can be, I can create that Edenic space for people to come into and for them to feel like they belong. Right. Like evangelism looks so different for different people, but it's just everyone recognizing that, that this is what we're a part of, that we're, we're participating in, as Isaiah and Habakkuk says, the knowledge of the glory of the Lord covering the earth as the waters cover the sea. Right. Like that wave of grace has washed over us and we're just channels that are bringing that to others. And there's any number of ways that that can happen. Um, so I just, yeah, well, this this has been an awesome conversation. Um, we got to get you to the airport <laughs> here soon. But I, I want to close with this. Ever since I've I've known you, this is this has been your your passion. And we've had several extensive conversations about this kind of thing, but as you look to the future, as unpredictable as that may be, um, what are some of the opportunities or like evangelistic works that you would like to be a part of, say, in could be five years, 10 years, you know, 20 years down the road? Just what are some aspirations that you have in, in being a part of that sea of God's glory that's going through all the earth. Right. Okay. Well, again, there's, I've been trying to think about ways that are more um, broad in terms of the invitation to give to people uh, on the subject of studying together, reading the Bible, of growing together. Um, where I am right now, um, our, I think our congregation has a desire for people, mo- more people my age. And it's it's one of those blaring like I don't I don't know if mistakes is the right word to use, but um, one of those places where we're like we should be doing this in this specific area. There are two colleges right next to our congregation um, that would appeal to that specific age group, and I'm going to this coffee shop. But again, having this mindset of saying we should go to these schools and see if anybody's interested in joining us there. One of our members, even he's uh, his name's Tim. He's very involved with with music. Um, plays jazz at one of those colleges. So it's like, it's not even like it's a foreign space to us. We have members who are involved with this college. We should go there and see if anybody is, again, being interested in joining us in this journey of of growth. Um, And so that kind of has been something that's come to my mind in terms of, okay, that's probably what the next step of evangelism in this area looks like for me. It's kind of intimidating, honestly, (laughs) but it's, I mean, that should never really stop you. Again, it's figuring it out. Um, right, right. And I'm sure the apostles <laughs> on many occasions were pretty intimidated, intimidated going throughout yeah. Asia Minor and all over the world. But yeah. yeah. So, but again, it does look simple. That's always, that's been a huge thing for me in my life is that oftentimes things looked a lot more simple or were a lot more simple than they seem, or it works out best when I keep things simple. So I, I've heard of people doing as much as going to a library in a college and just reading but having a sign of saying like join me in terms of reading or if you have a question about the bible just don't be afraid to ask something like that of getting those feelers out there and opening up that invitation even more um something that we've talked about and i'm surprised i didn't bring it up in the podcast already is when i was in high school i studied chinese for like Mm. four years and i loved it and i was never i by far was never like fluent but i always wanted to be and that's 
caused me actually to have a lot of conversations with members at, at Lost River, um, with Darrell and with Heidi in terms of what would that look like if I don't know how that would happen or when that would happen. That's something I would love to do. I always thought it'd be cool to go over there and kind of like the experience in Jamaica, get to know Christians over there, have conversations with them and get more of a culture change, more of a perspective change in that sense. Yeah. Um, when I told Heidi and like Jenny that I was like, I studied this language in high school, I was afraid to because I immediately assumed they'd <laughs> ask me to start saying something. I'll go ahead and say something. I said Chinese. I really didn't want to. But um, that's another thing that in the coming years, I, I feel like would might be a possibility. And I, I don't even think that would be it. I'm sure Jamaica kind of came out of nowhere for us. So I imagine that there are other opportunities, other places that I could go, that other Christians could go, that whether it's in America, whether it's out of it, to say, hey, let me change my perspective again. Um, I'm hoping for that in the future. I imagine that'll happen in the future. But. Yeah, that's that's awesome. And yeah, we've, we've had several conversations about that, whether it be the work in China or in other countries or here in the States um, with different uh, inner city works and things like that. Right. And uh, who knows, who knows what the, what the future holds. Um, but I, I know that God is going to use your, your passion to do so much in, in furthering his kingdom. And uh, so thank you so much uh, Roy, for for coming on Thank today, <laughs> and uh, I I know I know we all loved having you here. Um, I know the elders had such a great time getting dinner with you, and that everybody who got to meet you uh, had had such a good time. And and I think everyone has felt motivated by the things that you shared. And uh, so I'm 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 praying for you, and I believe so much in what God is doing in you and through you. And uh, I hope hope that we can do this again soon. Yeah, me too. I'm <laughs> grateful for the opportunity. I was glad to be here and make so many like just new connections. It's been awesome. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, I guess we'll go uh, go catch the plane now. Right. <laughs> <laughs>